Hello everybody and welcome to the Mirror Football Podcast. Uh, I'm Aaron Flanagan, joined this week first of all by Mark Jones. How are you doing mate? Good mate, yeah, you okay? Yeah, good thanks. And uh, Matt Law, so as well, how are you doing? Good stuff. Um, we're going to, on this podcast, kind of almost do like a half-term review uh, of the Premier League. Uh, obviously, we're at the second international break of the season. Um, so we're going to go through kind of all the title contenders and see exactly where we're at, who's going to win it, because uh, let's be honest, if we look at the title, it's tight as anything at the moment, isn't it? Um, just before we start, though, um, initial instincts. Who have we got winning the league? Um, I still think it's cities to lose, in the sense that I think they've got the strongest squad and I think if anyone else is going to win it I think it's going to need a bit of a drop off from them which we kind of have seen a couple of times this season but they're not dropping yeah. that many points are they um, so I think once City's fixtures get harder which they haven't been yet let's be honest they've only had a couple of hard ones which was Arsenal and Liverpool the other six were easy so um, as soon as City play the tougher games it'll be, it'll be on them I, I, I see all the pressure on them personally yeah, uh, Matty? I would agree with that. I worry about Liverpool in the sense that if they have a key injury, what effect it will have on the team. I still think they need a big signing um, to come in in January. Maybe that'll happen. Um, perhaps Fakir might uh, resurface, but I'd, I'd like to see Liverpool really have a go at it. I think everybody would, wouldn't they? Apart from if you're a Man City fan or, you know, but every neutral would, would probably prefer Liverpool. I think people just want a title race, don't they? Given, yeah. given, given what City did last year, I think people want a title race and, and Liverpool were very quickly identified as the team that could could uh, kind of hunt them down just because of the type of football they play. Um, and all right, it hasn't quite been as fluid yet, but they're winning games, aren't they? They're getting, getting points. I think it's still early days. We've had eight games now. Um, and... At the moment, you you could say there are four teams who have got a decent shot, and of those teams, you're looking at Chelsea at top at the moment, Man City, the champions, Liverpool, and Arsenal, who have had a fantastic run of form. Uh, it was our big debate earlier this week: can they re- are they genuine contenders for the title? And there's there's arguments for and against that are made by our writers. My opinion is no, because I think first and foremost they need to focus on getting in the top four and stay in there, which they are at the moment. But they lost their games against Liverpool and um, Man City and Chelsea. Sorry, not Liverpool. They lost against Man City and Chelsea. Those are the rivals for Arsenal. They need to be beaten. Right. top four teams if they're going to man a t- title bid yeah um, I, I actually wanted to start with Arsenal we're going through all these reports so you've, you've, you've segued us nicely <laughs> there uh, Matty into them um, my argument with Arsenal is I think if they were to go and play City and Chelsea now I think they're completely different games I think now they've kind of yeah, they're kind right. of the, the, they're in the spirit or, or sorry in the, in, they're a bit more in with the system that Unai Emery wants to play everyone's more familiar with each other but I mean half the squad was new as well, it like, new, so many. That's, that's a fixture list for you. You know, the, the, yeah. are, the cards are dealt, and and that's what it is. They they played them at that time. They wasn't good enough on that day, and that's it. It's 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 in the record books now. So I still, I still they now need can. to go on and, and show that they they're capable of beating teams like that. Yeah. At the moment, they've beaten the teams that they should be beating. Yeah, uh, my argument with them as well at the moment. Um, the last six games, they've won by two or more goals. So I've, at the moment, for me, I look at Arsenal and go. You're not just getting results. You are beating teams. You are properly securing results. Yeah, and, 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 and I know they're playing, obviously, Vorskler in the Europa League and some of them as well. And obviously, Fulham have been leaking goals left, right and centre. So maybe it's not the most accurate of representations, but they're beating what's in front of them yeah. and they're beating them comfortably. That's all you can do. And what I would say about the Europa League this year is that the group stage has been a bit more forgiving to Arsenal and those fixtures are not as 
difficult as as what Arsenal had last season, um, and that what that does it affords Unai Emery time to play his fringe players and then focus his squad on, on, on the bigger games for the weekend. So there isn't that uh, Thursday into Sunday lull anymore where they're sort of worrying about, oh, you know, we've played Thursday night, we're going to struggle on the Sunday. We haven't seen that so far this season. And I think that the Europa League has been kind to them. And it could be, if they don't get in the top four, still could be the best pathway back into the Champions League. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, the way it goes at the moment, um, I, st- I, I see them getting in the top four. I mean, I know it's a long season ahead. We know how quickly things change. Uh, I personally see Arsenal getting in there. Um, I have to say, Tottenham are only, uh, well, the level on points with them. And it feels like Tottenham have had a right torrid time of, of, of late. Um, I think they've both had strange seasons, Arsenal and Tottenham. As you say, they're kind of locked together, aren't they? Um, Tottenham seem to be almost plunged into a bit of a crisis without it really being one because they lost to Watford in a game where they got kind of bullied a little bit, lost to Liverpool, they were outplayed, and then lost to Inter Milan in kind of similar circumstances. They were conceding goals from set pieces, and and they were just mistakes that you can correct on a training ground essentially um, and they've done that I think they've, 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 they've won games again they've, they've had some kind fixtures they've played Huddersfield they've played Cardiff they've, they've got the three points that you'd expect them to get which is what a lot of these teams at the top end have done they've, they've had these fixtures and they've won the games that they're supposed to win um, and I think they I personally I'm still having them just finish above Arsenal and I know everyone's talking about Arsenal at the moment because they're, they're winning games and, and they're playing some good football but I haven't seen them play against anyone yet in terms of that would really test them. I still think City would beat them on the day. I still think Chelsea would beat them. I think Liverpool would beat them. Um, so I'd like to see more from them. And as, as Matty says, you can only you can only play as in front of you. But um, I need to see more from them, to be honest. I think to support what Jonesy said there, um, Tottenham have got that sort of squad that's been there and done it and they've been able to get over the line in previous seasons and they've got leadership within the ranks. Arsenal, we're not quite sure about at the moment. There seems to be a great camaraderie and team spirit there at the moment. But what about when it all goes wrong and it goes mm-hmm. pear-shaped? We haven't quite seen that yet. OK, the start of the season, they, they did get off to a bad start. They lost the first two. But Tottenham have done that before and you know they've managed to, to save their season. So. I agree that the Europa League is a really good shout for them, though. I think they could really have a good go at that this yeah, season. Yeah, and it's silverware, um, isn't it? Yeah, and... and if you, obviously, I know it's different when the Champions League teams come in later on, but but right now I'd have them as as, as winners of that. Yeah. Um, one thing that I would say about Arsenal uh, in particular um, that, that I think they've got going for them this season, they've got the fans back on side. Yeah. yeah. And and I'm, I'm probably opening myself up to have all these all the football Twitter coming at me on like they regularly do when I mention things like passion and things and they can be all passions. No, passion in the stands relates to passion on the pitch. When the fans are behind you, the plays up the game. Just look at what Man United did in the second half against uh, Newcastle. The fans rallied. It, it's one of them atmospheres. Arsenal have an atmosphere there yeah, in the stands. There's renewed optimism. They can see what the coach is trying to do and they, they can see the players are trying and the fans are invigorated by that. But how long does that last mm. if they go on a bad run? Do they start turning again? You know, that that's... What what you can't argue with with Manchester United fans? Okay, you saw some dissent on Saturday, but rightly so. They were two 0 down to Newcastle, but two 0 down second half. That atmosphere inside Old Trafford was electric. It was brilliant, and the fans didn't stop, and that's why they got the result. Yeah. Because come seventy minutes, the fans are still going, and they didn't give up. They didn't walk out of their seats and abandon yeah. the team. They stayed there. They stayed to the bitter end. Yeah. Look, let's be honest. Arsenal fans have proven otherwise, and that's not. Um, any disrespect to, to Arsenal fans because they are good supporters but 
we've seen already this season against Man City. We do often we walked out of the stadium. <laughs> yeah. You can't say that about Man United fans. I yeah. think I think and I'm just, not a United fan. I well, I am. Arsenal. I'm a West Ham United fan. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's my point with Arsenal. They need to be there when the going gets tough and stick around. Yeah. And that's what other teams would do. Other teams' fans have done. I, I think they're just enjoying because a, a Fulham game they were they were singing um, "We've got our Arsenal back," which is a, you know kind of like a, an attacking way of playing. But I think they're just enjoying it being different. I mean, after you, you're going to have fans there in that crowd who only knew Arsene Wenger. That's as, right. You know, the, the, yeah. Nothing else. So, and as with everything, if it's new, it's exciting. It's different, isn't it? And they've been blessed with a very very kind fixture list, and they're winning the games. And fair play to them. But I don't see any sort of title challenge at all. When people say football's a funny old game, it really is a funny old game because as a West Ham fan, look, we, we lost our first four, four games and then, you know, we, we felt that we were getting relegated. We beat Everton away, draw with Chelsea, beat Manchester United. Suddenly, we're thinking the top four. We think you're going to win it's the like league It's like everything. Again. It's like every... Then up. we lose to Brighton and yeah. it's like, oh, it's the same old West Ham. Now, Arsenal fans are in a good moment at the minute and they just need to enjoy it yeah. while it lasts. But as I say, when it does get tough... They need to sort of roll their sleeves up and be patient. This season for them, the target should be finishing in the top four. If they can surpass that and do better, then they've had a great season. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, obviously, we've mentioned uh, Tottenham already uh, briefly there. Um, are Tottenham f- kind of suffering by the fact that they didn't make any summer signings? Um, is there a sense obviously we mentioned that little run which they went on where obviously they lost it into Milan and mm. uh, Watford and uh, Liverpool and Liverpool um, is it more of a squad depth sort of thing kind of say do, do they just not have the plays in reserve for when the likes of Ericsson and Ali and yeah it kind of is but the one thing I'll say on the other side of it is you've got Lucas Moura who they signed in January who has basically took six months to bed in and is now playing and is playing well. Eric Lamella, who missed best part of a year, is now back and playing well. And I think it, what's very important for Tottenham is having those two players around and in the squad and, and scoring goals and be able to chip in when Harry Kane isn't isn't firing. It's it's Eric Lamella, it's Lucas Morris' son as well, who's now back from, from uh, international duty, obviously with the, that whole um, military service thing was hanging over him. So that's gone as well now. So I think those those three players, and you throw in Deli Ali as well, you know, all of a sudden Christian Eriksen, there's a squad there. Um, and it, just because they're not new names, it, it, it doesn't doesn't really mean anything else. I, I would like to, I agree, I would like to have seen them maybe add one more in the summer or anyone um, and not, not have to run it. But, uh, I still see them as stronger than, than Arsenal, as I say. If anything, you have to applaud Tottenham for actually keeping hold of some of their best names. Yeah. Um, because for the last couple of seasons, they've been, you know, there's been a lot of interest, particularly in the likes of Christian Eriksen, who has no real allegiance to Tottenham. In fact, that you know, he's, he's a player who's coming from somewhere else, whereas perhaps Harry Kane does. Um, so Tottenham done a magnificent job in keeping hold of those players. It was a surprise to me that they didn't quite sign anybody. And I think there are probably players they should have looked at. James Madison being one of those players who's thriving at Leicester. And he's, he's a joy to watch. Having said that, perhaps they're just being patient and waiting to trust in this squad and say, look, this is your last chance. We believe that you've got something there. You've come close. Not quite a cigar just yet, but this could be the year. It might not be in the Champions League, but it might be that they go and win the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup. Who knows? They might even mount a title challenge. But I think, as Jonesy said, they've definitely got a squad there. It's just a question of whether they can keep those players fit and hungry and motivated because that's the only trouble without signing new players is that who's coming in to challenge you? 
yeah. a difficult situation for Tottenham yeah. because they can't go and bring in a big name striker because hang on a minute you got Harry Kane in front of you one of the world's best strikers so is he going to start you have to change your, your plan so I have to applaud Spurs in that sense but this is the season where they've got to do something in those players or the club I'm sure when they get to that new stadium they will invest yeah so certainly intriguing times in North London at both clubs uh, we mentioned Liverpool at the top of the show uh, so we're not going to go into loads and loads of detail about Liverpool but nil-nil um, draw against Manchester City I think the first time Manchester City, Man City have ever been to Anfield and actually looked like the better team uh, in my opinion anyway I thought City I think they just controlled the game. I thought I thought they did an expert um, job. I don't know about you know, control again. They were the better team. Um, I thought Liverpool started very well. But um, just, just quickly, obviously, you say you disagree about controlling the game. I, I say that City went out there, killed the pace of the game. Oh, in that uh, sense, yeah. And, sense. and by doing that, and the approach that they took into mm. the game, parking the bus. They, I tell you what, it was it's as close as City are ever going to come to parking the bus. Yeah, it, it, it was felt, fascinating to see. Actually, it felt very yeah. much as though it was a game that was being played on City's terms in terms of. Um, you know, Liverpool obviously tried that first 20 minutes the way they've done it before. And I think Liverpool, as we know, um, have, have kind of had this ridiculous run of fixtures where I think they've, they've got to the end of it now. And to get at the end, I, I, I think both teams on about half, with, with about half an hour to go, were like, a point's not bad. Yeah. And then City started to obviously step it up and then they get the penalty, which they should have scored. Obviously, it's a penalty. Um, yeah. So City will be kicking themselves with that. Um, I think Liverpool and City, though, looking back... Uh, they won't be too bothered about the point as I say I don't think obviously you know the penalty aside um, it's a good point for both to be honest and and I don't think there'll be too much kind of lamenting it in March April time um, unless it comes to a tight title race and maybe you're thinking about the penalty could have been could have been a thing but yeah, um, no, I, I think if you ask Pep, Pep Guardiola going into the game and said you can have a nil-nil draw now he'd snap your hand off oh, yeah, and, and any team shutting out Liverpool at Anfield yeah great result um, really. it's yeah. just for City they will look back in disappointment because well, look back in anger. Um, Gabriel Jesus. <laughs> uh, he was very disappointed, wasn't he? Yeah. It was quite fascinating to see at the end, um, Guardiola, you know, on the pitch, in his face. I'm sorry, but he's just been snubbed. Mm. The last thing you want is your manager kind of trying to calm you down in public. You just want to be left alone just, for a minute. It was a like, strange you know. one, though, wasn't it? Because as soon as Mahrez steps up to it, I think everyone saw when he's going to miss this. <laughs> it, was, it was a really weird one. Except um, those sort of twinkle toes, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. I was thinking, this is and going... He, and he's, he's standing there and, and Alisson looks massive, doesn't he, in the goal? And and, and yeah, it, it kind of just played out the way everyone thought it was going to play out. I, 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 did I mean, that. anyone could miss a penalty. Yeah. It, it does happen. But I would have personally backed Gabriel Jesus to yeah. put that one in the back. David, David Silva maybe I, I Bernardo Silva D- yeah. D- David Silva would be the Edison, one for me yeah. a, bit, a bit of technical quality composure yeah. I'll pick Edison I did, yeah. the way I, I did. Oh, interesting story about uh, say the goalkeepers taking it uh, Curzon uh, obviously the non-league team who, who I follow we tried the same thing um, keeper uh, yeah um, we 1-0 down in the FA Cup a few weeks ago um, our goalkeeper is arguably our technically best player which is always alarming but he really is should he be your goalkeeper if that's the case uh, he sh- honestly <laughs> he, 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 he signed for us as a striker <laughs> not, not, not even joking um, and it's a good story it is so he's brilliant and obviously he's been nailing penalties in training but they have these penalty shootouts yeah, yeah they, exactly that's, that was the argument with Morris. Oh, he's good they, at training they have all these penalty shootout things and I tell you he just didn't miss him we said we were 1-0 down the FA Cup it's only about 20 minutes into the game as well and we say alright Cam Thank go you. on now, now's your shot what? Aw- awful penalty oh, saved, saved the easiest save their goalkeeper's ever going to made 
make. I mean, you just think the thing that the, the, he's it, it. if you're the, if you're the opposition team, that'd wind you up as well, wouldn't it? It kicked off in the tunnel. The team we were playing had a load of our ex-players yeah. uh, playing for him, and they, and they straight away like turned to obviously my dad, who's the manager, and everyone said that's disrespectful. Yeah. So it kicked off in the tunnel at half time. Um, thankfully, we had it printed on the wall um, saying. Um, Cam, Cam Mason is, is penalty taken. Oh, really? So we could pull it off. The wall. Yeah, we could pull it off the wall and yeah. say, listen, it's not just us taking the mick out of you, even because you're two leagues lower than it us. was on the, the Anfield wall, Riyad Mahrez is the penalty taker. <laughs> I don't think it was. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, pro- probably not. It, well, it would have been Sergio Aguero. We finally, finally would have had his, yeah. his Anfield goal. Oh, no, he's no. terrible, Anfield, isn't he? It's, he's, I don't know what happens to him. He just sort of walks around. and like He, he was so isolated in that game, wasn't he? Yeah. Obviously, because City were, were playing in a very different way. But he just sort of wanders around. He looks a bit lost. Though, can't it? Like so even to the best players, and get swallowed by the occasion. When he plays Liverpool at the Etihad, he scores every game. Yeah. But, um, yeah. but Anfield, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, just quickly, we were talking about all individual City players. Fernandinho for me, absolutely brilliant. He played yeah. well in that um, game. He did. He, he sort of dictated the play well in midfield, and and also he controlled the game, and and he made a couple of. I'd say a tactical fouls. And the, and but how he, he didn't he, get booked is beyond me. I, know. Um, he, he, I was saying that on Sunday, why has he not been booked? Oh, it was incredible. He, for me, is the perfect defensive midfielder and that was just the perfect display. It was a, it was a huge game he, for him because Liverpool, in the previous three games, which Liverpool won against City, the two Champions League and the League One, Liverpool absolutely went for him because he's yeah. not the quickest. And every time he got the ball in the centre midfield, you think about the goal, I think it was the Sadio Mane goal in the 4-3, where they just, they swarm around him, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Milner, straight in his face. Yeah. And they did it in the Champions League as well. And I think he knew, and obviously with City playing in a different manner, I think he knew it was going to need to be a big game. He, he was fantastic. He was best player on the pitch for me. Yeah, yeah and, and, and you can see why he's so key to Guardiola's um, foot, uh, football side there, because he's desperate to get another midfielder in to replace him. Fernandinho hasn't really got a long shelf life on him has he in terms of Premier League he's getting a bit on there so um, that's one area that Guardiola knows he's got Mm. to invest in Yeah, I think Uh, Man City will sign a midfielder in um, in January well obviously yeah Jorginho was the one wasn't it in the summer and um, and I I did well I I like the way Guardiola had the faith in Fernandinho it wasn't like oh we've not got Jorginho so we're going to panic by to replace you we're like no we still believe in you we still uh, it was such a a kind of odd game wasn't it because it was obviously for the neutral people saying, oh, it was boring, it was this, is that. I don't think it was boring because it was so kind of on edge. It was like every single pass was almost a risk. And it was like, and when you, uh, in, in midfield, you had, obviously, Fernandino thought uh, Wijnaldum was great for Liverpool as he has been all season, Jordan Henderson. And it was so kind of all congested in that area. Every single pass carried this element of risk with it because you were trying to get past them and all that. And it was like this. You saw someone like Sadio Mane would be beating a man, but he'd be on the halfway line. You'd have three more men to go past, to go past. Yeah. It was so, it was like everything was condensed in these little areas. And it was like both teams who never normally play like this were playing like this. Yeah. And, um, it wasn't Mane's best game, was it? He's no, it wasn't. deserted him at times. Yeah, so yeah. He was a little bit anonymous at times as yeah. well, but... Um, it, it wasn't really a game for the forwards. No. And forwards no, on both sides never why. really got yeah, in, in, in full flow. It was a, a, a game for the defenders, a game for the tacticians. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. The they purists. were trying to find those breaks, weren't they? Like, you know? well, yeah. Klopp, uh, Klopp said after the game, he said, um, I'm sure it's one that coaches would actually be studying. I think he's actually right because it's it's all well, all well and good to lord the likes of Salah or Aguero for attacking, but when it, when both teams play like that, it's just fascinating to watch. I thought, yeah, no, completely agree. Um, there is one. Well, I said that there are two more teams in the top four which we haven't mentioned yet, but we're going to mention them shortly. Uh, we're going to go for a very short break, and we will be back shortly to talk over Chelsea and uh, Manchester United, who we've barely spoke about so far, which is a bit surprising. But yeah, we'll be back shortly. 
Welcome back to the Mirror Football Podcast. As I said before the break, we're going to now look at the final two teams uh, in the top six that we haven't really assessed just yet. Bournemouth. Uh, Bournemouth, they, Bournemouth are sick. Bournemouth are sick. I've just, <laughs> I've just flicked my paper around. <laughs> yeah, Bournemouth, blimey. How many um, people what? do you know, by the way? Just friends in pubs have said, God, Eddie Howe, he's got to get a big job soon. Yeah. yeah. I've heard it countless times mm. over the last few weeks. But then Absolutely which destroyed job would he get? Watford. Which job would he get? That's the problem, isn't well, it? Well, this is it. I mean, obviously, he was long talked about with Arsenal and yeah. probably just wasn't the right time for him. But I've always uh, had him secretly down for the Everton job. Apparently, he's an Everton fan as well. Right, and I've always had him down for that, but obviously Silver kind of. He's in the same mould though as Sean Dyche, where again Burnley had a fantastic season mm. last year, and they've picked up again, haven't they? They've they've managed to get a couple of wins on the board, and Eddie Howe's that kind of guy where you think right he could go to another team, but he's the grass greener. Why not just stay at Bournemouth? Yeah. Every yeah. year is improving that squad, and. Every year they're getting better and better, and they're a good football inside. Watch one player who's really impressed me. I think he's been one of the best players in the Premier League this season. Callum Wilson, mm. he's been an absolute beast up front, and he's manhandled every defender he's probably come across this season. He's he's, he's been brilliant. Even um, when they lost to Stamford Bridge, he had his chances, but he's he's a, he's a player that most defenders wouldn't want to come up against mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Fraser there as well I think has been excellent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, last couple of weeks especially David Brooks in the centre midfield. Brooks is for me line. he's one of the stills of the summer isn't he from from Sheffield United they plucked him from now he's he's gone on and he's playing for Wales and you know we're talking about yeah. Gareth Bell injured for Wales and it's like oh it's alright we've got David Brooks. <laughs> no, Incredible. No pressure there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah we're talking about title contenders so can Bournemouth win the league? No. Are we? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not. No. Let's move on. No. Let's go to Chelsea. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll go to Chelsea. Uh, I mean, what a start to the season that they've had. What a start to the season Eden Hazard has had in mm. particular. I think yeah. many of us, uh, I think if you go back through our old podcast, you probably got us going, oh, they're not in the top four. Hazard's probably going to leave and all that. Um, there was a point in the summer, out. there was a point in the summer at it sounded as if everyone was going to leave, wasn't it? You had obviously yeah. Courtois who did leave, Hazard, um, William being linked with Man United every week. N'Golo Kante was being linked with PSG and it was just a bit of a mess and then you had Conte coming back to take a couple of days of training before he went off again um, but no they've been very good Chelsea they've um, they've really adopted this style of play under Sarri very quickly I think and uh, there's there's quite a clear emphasis on what they're trying to do um, I thought they were excellent against Liverpool the other week that, that one all draw which was probably the best game of the season that I've seen so far in terms of entertaining football yeah. um, and they really deserve to be where they are um, I think it's going to get harder straight after the break they've got Man United first up haven't they so yeah. Mourinho would love going there and getting one over them but um, I think he uh, Sarri has, has really emphasised this, this side of play and it all comes from Jorginho who who controls the ball so well passes it sometimes sideways but you know he, he keeps all of it keeps him ticking over and you see it in players like Ross Barkley who probably pe- people had written off a while back you know he's, he's, he's back he's firing again even Morata's got a couple of goals recently yeah. Giroud's always useful um, and that then, assist from Giroud was yeah. ridiculous. And then, and then you've got it was a shot. That's it. No, <laughs> it, it was it, it was a shot. I, I I don't care what anyone says. If you're, you're he's trying to volley like that because he, he's he's scored spectacular goals in the past. Uh, I, that's, I almost, that's, a, that's a shot. I want to believe it was an assist. <laughs> yeah, but then, genuine assist. As you said about Hazard, um, he's been the player of the season. So uh, he's he's been excellent. And and you look at him at the goals he's scoring. And I know Sarri set him a bit of a target, didn't he? Was it like thirty five goals or something like that. Yeah. In all competitions, and you know what? It's not. It's not daft. Like if he if he gets going, and he, you think about Europa League as well, he could boost his numbers there. So um, I think he's a very very early shout for for player. This of the year. season's Mo Salah. 
Yeah, could be. I just think the big thing at Chelsea is they've embraced Sarri. The players have embraced him. And we've seen in the past, Chelsea players seem to adopt their manager and they love him at first. And then suddenly something happens. Yeah. It happened with Jose when he went back. They loved him when he first went back. Second season, couldn't stand him. Same with Conte. So who knows what the future holds for Sarri, but Chelsea are in a great moment. They're playing really good football and they seem to be organised at the back. He's got players like David Luiz playing well again. Um, and you just listen to their players and they're all saying, we love Sarri. Even mm. like bit part players like Cesc Fabregas, who's saying, you know, he's the best manager he's ever worked under. And he's, he works under the best in the business, you know, in terms of your likes of your Vengas and your Guardiolas. So um, I think it's interesting, Sarri, and what he's done and the way he's revolutionised uh, Chelsea's style of football this season compared to last. So, yeah. um, I think that they're real dark horses to go to go a long way, purely for the fact that they've got a player like Eden Hazard. But then you listen to him speaking in Belgium and all of a sudden the eyes light up and it's, oh, Real Madrid this, Real Madrid that. Yeah. They're the greatest club in the world. Now, mm. that might have been lost in translation. <laughs> However... We all know he wants to go there eventually. Yeah, I think that's probably his end goal, isn't it? But he'll he'll still give his all for for Chelsea over this season. Um, I think what you're seeing with him is this idea that that football football is best played when it's fun, isn't it? You know, and you look at you look at the top teams, literally the top three now: Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea. They've all got managers who really kind of emphasise the fun side of football, this the attacking side of football. And if you're a footballer, that's what you want to do. You want to be attacking. You want to be getting forward. You've seen it at Arsenal as well. You know, like one of Arsenal's sort of successes if you like is that they've almost unburdened now um, on the flip side you're probably going to come and talk to him about him in a second is is where football's less fun and it's sort of this idea it's a bit of a drudge and you're just getting through games and, and you're defending go on you may as well, you may as well start talking about him. no no <laughs> I, 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 I would say Chelsea <laughs> made the summer as well um, Robert Green yeah, no, yeah, oh, obviously. Yeah. Huge impact he's had there. Incredible, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, but talking about keepers at Chelsea, Kepa, £71 million. Mm. Pounds. A lot of people scoffed at that and said, well, he's not worth that. He probably held his hands up and said, no, I'm not worth that. But that's the going rate and that's how much he was valued by his club. Yeah. That was the release clause. I've got to say, he looks £71 million pounds worth so far. I think he's been fantastic. It's good Two to keep when you hold your hands We've got so many good keepers in the Premier League now. Alison Becker's been sensational. Yeah. Um, and he really has been sensational. Mm. But you go back to that game at Stamford Bridge, the one-all draw. Uh, he uh, made Chelsea a couple of great. Both keepers were, were out of this world. He had no chance to save that storage <laughs> shot, by the way. Um, but Kepa, I've got to say, Courtois has not been missed at all. No. Kepa has been a brilliant signing. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, a, a little bit defensively as well, I will say about Chelsea very quickly. Uh, I had huge doubts about the two centre-backs, David Luiz and Antonio Rudiger, who, uh, I mean, Chelsea have only conceded five in their eight games this season. Um, they don't look like they're... No, but put those players in the Man United shirt, do you think they'd, they'd do well? It's got a bit of manager, hasn't it? Yeah. And the manager's yeah. he's, he's changed those players. David ha- Luiz is like, he's been a player who's been, you know, he was almost ready to be shipped off to, to Napoli yeah. and suddenly it's like no he's, he's a starting defender and he is mm. he's probably the heart and soul of that dressing room David yeah. Luiz but a lot of people underestimate that yeah. and Chelsea post John Terry needed a character like him yeah. and he's actually one of the players who knits it all behind the scenes Yeah, uh, Chelsea very much a ball playing team uh, Jose Mourinho is adamant he wants a ball playing centre back at Manchester United David Luiz for Manchester United. I genuinely think he's not now. Well, maybe, he probably could have done it at some point. I mean, but. maybe even over the summer. Um, you know, I, I think off what I've seen this season, I think mm. he's actually the player that Mourinho wants. The player that Mourinho 
Yeah, has been crying out for it. Uh, uh, Centre back, I mean, you're, 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 you're grimacing. He's been yeah. crying about a lot of things. I don't, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, know if he's crying for him, but. Um, uh, what, are, we, are we on to him now? We, uh, yeah, let's let's get that cue for Man let's, United. Let, let's get let's get Man United <laughs> in the top six there. Let's get Man United. Bournemouth out and um, Wolves are there on there above them. Yeah, Bournemouth and Wolves are um, above them. Uh, Manchester United level on points with Watford uh, as well, uh, but in eighth place with a minus goal difference. Man United, a Jose Mourinho team with a minus goal difference, minus one. Oh, they got oh, Spurs put three past them, didn't they? Yeah. 3-0. Um, yeah, it's a and West Ham was three one. Yeah, so yeah, right. Let, let, let's be honest with United. Um, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with Jose Mourinho over the next uh, the next few weeks. We don't know how it's going to develop, how it's going to play out. Um, as a team, with what you've seen, are they? Are, are we right to be, or are United fans right to be panicking so much about their situation? Are the team actually as bad um, as has been built? I don't think it's that they're bad. I think the other teams are good. They're they're very consistent, as you can literally see by the top three. We've been so consistent so far. Um, United look be, like below them in terms of the way they play football, the way they just the whole feeling around the club doesn't seem as positive, does it? Um, I think they're dropping points. Obviously, as we've seen, they've gone to places like Brighton and West Ham and dropped points. Home to Wolves, they dropped points. Um, Spurs hammered them. So they don't look to me. They don't look a unit really. That and yes, I know they got a good win against Newcastle. And fair play to them. And fair play to Mourinho for the way that game turned around. But it's Newcastle at home. I'm sorry, like the other teams are beating them three 0 It doesn't matter, you yeah. know. Um, so they got they got them. They worked themselves up into this into this kind of frenzy, if you like. Um, so it's. I said at the start of the season, I felt they had a struggle to make the top four. Um, I'm now starting to think they won't make the top four. Yeah. Uh, what what I would say, what are United good for? Well, give me give me one. Ex- what what are United renowned for? What 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 style of football can they play? They, for me, you just don't know what. Manchester United team are going to turn up. No. Whereas you know Man City, Liverpool, they'll just come at you and they'll be relentless and they won't let you breathe. Chelsea will keep the ball to retain possession. Man United, what do they do? Mm. Well, I they, think they, they, they try and park the bus and clearly you're not doing it I think, quite so well. I think there's every chance that... Um, so obviously after this international break, between this international break and the next one, uh, United are playing Chelsea and City. And there's every chance they lose those two games, and we're yeah. sitting here talking about the crisis still. I, I don't see it changing. Both I've got to say, the best 45 minutes I've seen in Man United, uh, bar obviously that turnaround um, against Newcastle, which they could they had moments where they could have lost it still, um, but it was against Tottenham. And the first half mm. against Spurs, Man United came out with such an intensity about them, and they, Tottenham couldn't handle them. And then suddenly they couldn't maintain that; they just couldn't keep it up, and. Tottenham, we all know what happened that game. They beat them 3-0. And that's what my point is. What what can Manchester United do well? Lukaku used to be that player. You think, oh, if it lands for him, he'll score. Now you're thinking, God, what's he going to do? He's going to fall off the end of his feet and go 10 yards up the pitch. Just don't know. For me, their best player is probably Paul Pogba at the minute. He's the only outlet they've got who can make something happen. Yeah, my issue with Manchester United and the players that they've got, though, is that, like you say, um, they've done it in little periods like they did it at a period at the start of the Spurs game they did it in a period at the end of the Newcastle game they don't have any individuals though that do it for 90 minutes for me like obviously you have Paul Pogba but he has his moments I don't think he has a game I think I think it's mm. just moments and I think that you can say that about many players in that Manchester United team um, I just don't think there's a level of consistency there I don't think there's a level of expectation of what what, what the players expected to play like for 90 minutes um, I, I mean, and yeah, okay. You have to look at the manager, and you have to say you're the one who's motivating him. You're the one who's got to get the level of intensity out of him. Just like look at the level of intensity that Klopp gets out of Liverpool for ninety minutes. 
Mourinho's got to get that out of United. Yeah. And they can't, but it has to be well, on the yeah, players' I, back I, I, as well. Also, they've got to they've got to thrive on their reputation as Manchester United. How many teams go to Man United now and just they're not scared at all? Mm. We've seen Wolves go there and get a result. Newcastle been awful nearly got a result Derby. should have got a result Derby, Derby have beaten yeah. them West Ham United have beaten them yeah. you know Manchester United should go to any ground in the country and particularly Old Trafford and the other team turning up should be scared witless and Manchester United at the minute just don't do it to any team because they haven't got that intensity they haven't got that fear factor about them yeah uh, I remember I saw a great tweet years ago when uh, uh, I think it was in David um David, uh, David Moyes, sorry, I'm almost getting names mixed up. David Moyes was in charge, uh, where someone said something about how Old Trafford's turned into like this, this like castle of football turned into a bouncy castle. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what it what it felt, like. and it kind yeah. of almost does feel like it's kind of going it's, that it's, way I was again. Watching the um, the Premier League years uh, over the weekend, it's just, yeah, it's flicking through, and it was the one the season after Man United had lost the title to Man City on goal difference. Fergie at the start of the season says that is never going to happen to Manchester yeah. United again while I'm here. Obviously, that was his last season in charge. What did he do? He went out and bought Robin Van Persie. Now, Jose Mourinho, was he need? Defenders. Are the ball going to back him if he stays in charge of the club? We all know what he's got to do. He's got to buy two decent centre-halves. Yeah. He does in terms of the way that he's made it. You know, he's He's kind of, he's coming across in this now. It's like, He's the he's the centre of it all, and I, he said at the weekend, didn't he? It's like, oh, I'm, I'm blamed for everything, all that sort of stuff. Well, he's the first one to accept the praise when he gets it as well. So, yeah. so to have him, and he's just become everything about this whole story and this whole mess. Um, I think, I think there's a, there's almost like a perfect storm between the manager, the players, and the board. Um, and whilst I agree that they should have had new signings in the summer. It's not as if the players they've got there are terrible. Let's be honest. You know, yeah, they, they've got right. they've got centre backs that, that the vast majority of the Premier League would yeah. would. Love, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Victor Lindelof, I'd take him all day long. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yet suddenly at Manchester United, he's, he's not a good player. I don't yeah. agree with. It. He's he is a good player, but he needs to get someone to get the best out of him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was my it, point with David Luiz, by the way. He, 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 people wrote him off. Yeah, and look at him now. He's but look around, a look fantastic. Look around the rest of the top four. You got. I thought um, uh, Laporte was brilliant for City at Anfield the other yeah. day. Joe Gomez had a brilliant season for Liverpool. Yeah, you know these are centre backs who aren't your big names. All that. I know Laporte was expensive, but. Like even the boy at Brighton, Lewis Dunk, he's in the England squad. Yeah, you know, this, this Connor Cody, I like him at Wolves. I don't think it's that hard to train centre backs to be good. You know, like other managers seem to be able to do it. I, I, I think with Mourinho though, he's not trying to train centre backs to be good. He's trying to train them to play the way he wants. And and well, why did he sign when, 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 when the that I mean Lindelof? I I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. He he's completely, quite he's completely been off Eric Bailly now, isn't he? Yeah. Um, to hook I him after know. ninety minutes was that's. Pretty callous. You yeah. don't do that to a player, do you? Yeah. He, well, she, he does. He's done it before. Well, he did, he he did it with done. a few Chelsea players in the past. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's, it's the ultimate slap in the face, isn't mm. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, um, obviously we talked about all of the, uh, the the big six, as we'll call them. Obviously not top six because they're not all in the top six at the moment. Uh, who's missing out on the Champions League then uh, very quickly before we finish? Which, which are the two teams from what we've seen? Um, well, Man United are the first club. The, the, there's no way they're going to get in the top four at this present moment. Um, yeah. And I believe that they I was going to say, I, I, was, I, was, I was about to clip out the audio yeah, and bring exactly, it back yeah, at the end of the yeah, season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a good save from me, though. It's yeah. Kepper esque. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, your hands up. Yeah, yeah I think that Man United, and it's a tough one, but probably I'm going to say Arsenal. Ooh. 
controversial. Same two uh, for me. Same two as well. I'm, I'm gonna think about it as off, as much as that. I think it's oh. I think it's those two. Oh, okay. Well, I have uh, I have Tottenham missing out and Arsenal getting in. So, but, but our back West Ham to win the league. So what do I know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. Uh, true. Um, just uh, obviously, we, we mentioned Manchester United in crisis. I just wanted to run through very quickly a few little stories around Europe, yeah. uh, just very quickly before we finish, simply because it's an intriguing season everywhere. Uh, Manchester United are definitely not the, the only big team in crisis. Real Madrid have not scored in four goals in all competitions. Yeah. Um, the pressure going there. Barcelona also in La Liga haven't won in four league games. Yeah, but are you saying they're in crisis? I, I for the for them levels of clubs, I right, think I so think that's crisis. Barcelona are one point behind Seville, who are the leaders. Yeah. Real Madrid are two points behind them. Crisis? What crisis? It's yeah. a very open league, isn't it? I mean, Sevilla Sevilla have got the same amount of points that Bournemouth have got this season yeah. from so the from the same games. Sixteen from eight games. Yeah. Bournemouth, who you callously wrote off as a top six team earlier, um, they got the same severe. I had Bournemouth getting relegated in my, in my <laughs> start of season predictions. So. That might happen though. Who knows? Yeah. So, um, um, no, I think it's uh, it, it, it's it's good for the league, and maybe it's a kind of post Ronaldo thing, a bit of a shake up or something like well, that. That's, that's been the interesting thing. I think La Liga has not been on Sky Sports, yeah, right, and no Ronaldo, so there's no kind of intrigue about Ronaldo and Messi. There's La Liga does feel a bit flat and it almost mm. the league represents how it comes across I fancy a um, uh, flat come Madrid this season yeah. I think they're, they're, they're up there they're, they're, they, they, they love a good 1-0 yeah, uh, they're uh, quite consistent whereas the other two are a bit up and down yeah Atletico are right in the, I think they're currently sandwiched in between Real Madrid and Barcelona um, in the league um, it's not only Spain and the Premier League where there's big teams uh, no. struggling though uh, go to Germany Bayern Munich are down in 6th they've yeah. not won in 3 games uh, Dortmund top and they've got the young boy Jadon Sancho doing bits mm. he's um, he's been fantastic he's he's, he's uh, I used your word there Jones he's fantastic he did. Yeah, um, he did he, I didn't invent it he, <laughs> he's got the second most assists in Europe and he's got a deserved England call up and he, and he just showed that look he took a real gamble going to Germany he left Manchester City he said look I believe in myself I back myself I can start in a top team and he's done that and he's mm. watched him at the weekend they played Augsburg fantastic game and um, he's just he's going to be a breath of fresh air for England yeah, yeah. I think it's just what you said about Bayern I think you can so there's an argument there you've got Bayern Barcelona Real Madrid Man United are they the four biggest clubs in Europe they probably are Yeah, and they're all in kind of a bit of disarray at the minute yeah. you, I look at Bayern and I think well on paper fantastic team um, but, it's catching, it's catching. <laughs> they are a wonderful team but they're an aging squad and how long can they sustain that for they've got players there who, like Lewandowski for for all the kind of yeah he's staying and he's signed a new contract all this that and the other he's wanted that for, for a long time mm. so how does that translate to the team got a new coach come in and mm. he's under pressure and they're talking yeah. about he might be sacked already Yeah, I mean he's a young coach as well obviously yeah. Niko yeah. Kovac who I, I would have thought it's kind of weird seeing this contrast you've got a young lad in the in the changing room or on, on the touchline uh, you've got an old, a relatively old squad out there he was obviously going to try and bring this youthful exuberance sort of thing, and it's, it hasn't it's, worked it's, in a minute. Maybe they just got to buy their time in him and yeah. look to what like Dortmund have done. Dortmund have been sort of um, they've had their best players taken away from them by mm. Bayern Munich yeah. over the last few seasons, mm. and they've rebuilt and they've just got even better. Yeah, and they've been able to be patient about things, and now they're. Almost, they're, well, they're not almost, they are a superpower again. Yeah, I was saying they've got, they've got young lads doing good. I mean, you mentioned Sancho, Christian Pulisic as well, obviously, yeah. links all the time. Yeah. Um, they've got lads like, I think, Paco Alcacer is, yeah. is in there. They've, yeah. got, they've got talented lads uh, in there. Um, 
Also, um, just on another team in panic, Monaco in France are in the relegation zone. Yeah. That's another big spend. It was going to happen though, wasn't um, it? All their best players were sold again. You know, it's, it's mm. Monaco yeah. do that. They'll, they'll, they'll rise again because again, they'll do what Dortmund have done. They'll, they'll discover young players again. I mean, if you're yeah. going to be in the relegation zone, you might as well be living in Monaco while you're doing it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fine. In Italy, um, eight out of eight for you, mate. Yeah, I mean, no crisis there because of Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, yeah. he, he's gone there he's started like a house on fire as have Juve just uh, I mean, given the title six, now six points clear uh, six points clear uh, PSG by the way eight points clear in France already that's, uh, that, that's it's a just another kind of what's the point really and yeah. and for players like Neymar and Mbappe yeah, it's great that they're, they're playing for PSG but is that really where they want to be it's not great be challenged every week it's not great for the league is it I know, I know Juventus are um, are really kind of one of the driving forces behind this whole European Super League idea because I think they're they feel as though they're outgrowing Serie A a little bit. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that how that plays out in a few years. But um, yeah, I think Barcelona would be open to that as well. Yeah, um, but I mean, the, I think the way it's looking now, you, you look obviously you mentioned the Premier League in depth and and Spain and Germany. They're, they're going to be looking like exciting title races, aren't they? Yeah, um, it's interesting. Uh, European Super League. I might, might have found a topic for next week's podcast because uh, I think that's an intriguing Juventus prospect. Uh, because I think bang into it. I think there's a couple of Premier League teams who would be right into it including Manchester United. I think they'd jump on the opportunity <laughs> to play in a, a, in a European Super League. Yeah, um, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, on next week's podcast, uh, or later this week, when, whenever we can, whenever we decide to record next, um, uh, we will talk England. Uh, we will talk a little bit about the internationals. We mentioned Jadis Sancho. We'll talk about how he's done, how he's, his incredible rise to um, England, of course. Um, games against uh, Croatia away, behind closed doors with no fans. Um because of uh, obviously crowd trouble in Croatia beforehand, and um, Spain as well. The game in Betis, I think, uh, their ground. Um, so uh, intriguing fixtures for England, but we'll assess them on the next podcast. Uh, thank you very much for listening, uh, Mark, Matty. Thank you very much as always. It's been fantastic. Um, and um, <laughs> it's been fantastic. You looking at your watch? Are you trying to get out? <laughs> I've got a meeting to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, late. I'm yeah. late for my meeting. Yeah, so right. right, we get to talk football instead. That's better. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so guys, uh, thank you very much. Really do appreciate it. Um, if you don't subscribe to us already, you can do on iTunes, on Acast, on Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, we will be back either later in the week, start of next week, uh, whenever we think there's enough talking points about England. I think is probably the. Uh, probably going to be the strategy on that one as well do keep up do keep checking and find out when we're back next uh, but until next time we'll see you then